This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. It is a all FedEx Cup playoff edition of at the turn. No, I'm just kidding. Please keep listening. We're not going to talk about the FedEx Cup playoffs at all. We just lost almost all the listeners. Happy audience. Look, if they started to press play, it still counts in our favor. I'm happy. That's Nick. I'm Joe. Uh, Nick, we were very lucky to be joined by our, well, the first returning guest in the history of at the turn, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. We're going to get silly in the second half of the pod, but we're going to start with an interview that we conducted a little bit earlier with Maurice Allen. He's the 2018 long drive champion. He hit a ball over Niagara Falls, for goodness sakes. A little bit of controversy in there. We addressed that toward the end of the conversation, but Maurice, very cool guy. Had a fun conversation with him. Um, had a great answer to the question of, would you rather make an ace or shoot your best round? Definitely put more thought into it than I did. Um, but yeah, Nick, good guy, good interview. Excited to get to it. Yeah, that was awesome. It was it was awesome for Maurice to to jump on the podcast for the second time, and um, he just hit a ball from Canada to the United States over Niagara Falls. I mean, I think I think we just leave it at that. Let Maurice tell the fans what he's all about, and then uh, we got some more topics uh, on the other side. All right, joining us now, someone who can hit the golf ball a lot farther than us and anyone listening. He's 2018 Volvic World Long Drive Champion, Maurice Allen. Maurice, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you guys for having me. How's it going today? Great, great. Uh, played a little golf. Nick, I think you got some golf in today. Yeah, I got, I got nine holes in with uh, the wife and the mother-in-law. So just a, uh, I don't know how I'm going to top the high of coming off of that, but we're going we're gonna to give it a go here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maurice. Well, uh, obviously, recently, for folks that are not aware, Maurice attempted to drive a golf ball over Niagara Falls and accomplish that in what your fourth attempt yep attempt number four that's wow J take us through uh this whole scenario how long had had the niagara falls been on your radar um honestly uh it had not been on my radar until it was brought to my attention for this particular event 
Um, I know that John Daly had done it in the past, to be honest with you. Uh, but to be truthful, I didn't know he attempted that until, uh, I want to say maybe two years ago, tops, probably inside of two years ago. When he did it, I wasn't playing golf. Um, I had actually been to the falls before. It wasn't something I thought about, uh, not to be rude, but frankly, I just really didn't care uh, back when he was attempting it because I wasn't playing golf. So it wasn't a story to me. That's kind of like, you know, you guys, me talking to you guys about track and field and either you're a track and field another you're not. And if you're not, then you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool, I guess. And then you kind of keep it moving. So um, let's see. I would say probably right around the – Arnold Palmer invitation is when I started, you know, hearing about this is something that we may do and preparing myself for um, this type of, uh, I guess, challenge. Yeah. yeah, so it looked like kind of getting to the day where you first attempted it uh, on the video. It was done by Scratch, affiliated with the PGA Tour. Weather was too bad. They had to call it. And the day you attempted it, I mean, I've, I've never been to Niagara Falls, but weather still didn't look too great to me. Uh, I mean, what kind of visibility did you have from one side to the other? Was there any? Um, so what happens is if you go, if you actually go to Niagara, the wind is a big, huge factor. Um, if it's coming from the Canada side going towards the U.S. side, on the Canada side, it looks gorgeous. Uh, on the U.S. side, not so good. Depending on which way the wind's blowing, it really dictates how great your view may be. Um, also, depending upon what part of the time of the day. Um, I remember a few mornings waking up and you couldn't see anything. Um, staying literally outside the hotel there, I wasn't 300 yards from the falls from my hotel window. And there's this big, huge uh, welcome center that they have and restaurant and, you know, the whole tourist thing there. And there were some mornings where you could barely see that. And it would burn off towards the middle end of the day. Um, so the first day when we were there, when you saw the, the go, no go thing and we decided not to go was because it was raining. It it was mucky. You couldn't see anything on the other side. Uh, you actually couldn't see the falls, which was crazy. Um, so then going into the second day when we actually attempted it, the way how the wind was blowing, in the beginning, the wind was going straight to my right, which is a pure crosswind. And then it shifted and came into my face. And as it came into my face, you had little beams um, where you could have a a window that was maybe five seconds tops where you could see on the other side. Um, and then after a while, it just became a wall of mist. But I knew where I was standing. And through when we had those times where you could literally clearly see across the other side, if you look at one of the videos, I was saying, hey, if I hit the ball here on this side, if I hit it right of this hole, I've got no chance. If I hit it left of this hole. So I kind of made a vector in my mind. Um, off of the hitting surface up top on there was some there was some railing in front of me where I needed to hit it kind of like you would look at a shot put or a discus vector and say okay it's got to be somewhere in here when it takes off and then from there we've got a chance so 
What were the nerves like? I imagine somebody who does long drive for a living doesn't get too many first tee jitters, but this has to be a little different. You ship up probably a dozen people up to Buffalo. You get your passports out. You got people on both sides. There's cameras. It's, it's a big production. Um, that's got to be kind of a lot of pressure for something that's never been done, you know, in the history of the earth before. What, what was the nerves like? Um, so it's it's a little different on both sides. Nerves. Um for me, I believe nerves come from lack of preparation, right? But it gets a little weird when you're preparing to do something no one's ever done. So obviously there's going to be nerves in that because you always ask yourself, well, have I prepared? Have I prepared enough? Did I prepare too little? What's going on? Obviously, when you get to the falls, you know, being somebody from Florida, it's not like I'm in a situation like that all the time. Then here comes the mist moving, getting closer to me, obviously monkey wrench that I could have never trained for, I could have never prepared for. Um, then you run into the whole, you're putting your reputation on the line um, and what comes in with that. Then obviously you have a relationship with the two companies throwing this money into this production and you know the editing and all this other stuff that they're doing and constantly capturing film and capturing content and all these people and you're like, man, I don't want to let these people down most of, you know, which turns into a whole nother ball game. Um, and it, it's the pressure on it comes from so many different areas and there's so many different folds on that. So um, it was definitely a heavy pressure situation. It was not something where I walked into and said, ah, yeah, it's not bad. I can do that all day. Easy. I mean, <laughs> when you look at the distance, people would say, yeah, okay. As a long driver, 343 yards is not a hard distance for I don't think any long driver on the planet but uh, at least you know top 50 guys or top 20 or whatever and then you start looking at the conditions and everything changes and the big problem with most people would be when they underestimate an opponent no matter if it's mother nature or another human being or an animal or whatever they generally lose because they take it for granted um and I refuse to be in that position. You know, I have a humongous respect for anybody trying to do anything for the first time because you just don't know what's out there. And that part alone is something that needs to be respected. So take us through that moment when when you became the first to to accomplish that feat. What was your first thought when uh, you you found out you got confirmation the ball landed in the United States? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was funny. I mean, you look at it and obviously you can see in the the footage there that I said, you know, I thought the ball took a nosedive. And that's because if you've ever been to the falls, you know, there's this big, huge wall of water. There's a mist. There's a rush. But if you go there, you watch the birds. And for me, that was a huge thing. Just watching the birds, watching the birds, seeing what the birds are doing, because that'll tell me the difference between the lift from where, figure out where the lift would be or where the downdraft is in the wind based on what goes on by the falls. Um, water has an amazing power that you really take for granted because every time we see water, it's in a very controlled environment. Even if you're an ocean person, unless you get caught out, you know, if you're in the Coast Guard or somebody who does, you know, deadliest catch or something like that, you have a different respect for water. Um, but the average person sees it in the pool, they see it in the lake, they see it coming out of their faucets and things like that. So they don't really understand the sheer power that water has. Um, 
But for me, it was surprise. Surprise that, okay, I was worried about this. I know mathematically I should be able to do this, but then to actually do it. And it was just a lot of positive things where it was from the standpoint of growing the sport of long drive. Uh, yeah, it helps grow my profile. Uh, that's kind of cool. But, you know, just grateful for the opportunity that I had, understanding that regardless of how significant or insignificant people may think hitting a ball across Niagara is, it's, it's a whole nother ball game to be the first. Uh, when you're the first, you really join into the level of immortality some way, shape, or form, um, regardless of what people think. And it, it, def, it definitely humbles you to a whole nother level of life. Yeah, Maurice, speaking of what other people think, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter and seeing at least some of the people out there hating on this accomplishment. And I guess that sort of comes with the territory being the first to do something. Um, you know, there's trolls out there basically saying the thing makes no sense. Look at the facts, yada, yada, yada. When you <laughs> see things like that, what is your reaction? Does it upset you or what is your feeling when you see those things? Um, two things. I've seen some of the comments and I laugh. Um, I guess the way how it makes me feel is it makes me feel sad that some people could be that, I guess, that unhappy with their own life, where they always have to have something negative to say. Um, and it's worse when it comes from people who have anonymous accounts. Uh, if you have something negative to say, at least have enough courage to stand up, you know, with your name and just figure out where, you know, be man and or woman enough to say, OK, this is my opinion. This is how I feel. I have no problem saying it and I'm willing to put my name to the test with it. But when you do it with an anonymous account, I'm just like, wow, that, that's that's pretty bad. And then when they say, look at the facts, that's where it gets wor worse. Um, it, it's just one of those things. Maurice, what happens no, to the ball? What do you mean? What are you going to do with it? The, the ball that actually made it across? Oh, man. Uh, the ball that made it across, I actually buried with my grandparents. Um, wow. So I don't have it. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny. I don't have any of the stuff that is quote-unquote legendary. The ball I won Worlds with, I actually buried it with my aunt. Um, the belt when I won worlds, my mom has it. Um, uh, for me, it's a little different. Every accomplishment that I have has never been something that is for me. Uh, if you have a time, if you've ever looked at my Instagram or any of my things like that, a lot of things I do is all about trying to motivate people to step outside the box, be the best person that they can be, and really don't be afraid of what others have to say. Um, and, you know, in today's world, unfortunately, we're so stuck on the not to be funny, but the Instagram and the millennial society where everybody has something to say and everybody has an opinion. And unfortunately, a lot of those opinions are not always positive. Um, it's really looking down on others and the things that they do. And if I have a platform, I want to shed some light and be a positive light and a positive influence on other people and it's really not all about me you know you look on instagram people say they're an influencer an influencer and my question really stands as to what are you influencing who are you influencing and what influence do you really have you know that's a term that was used 
way back in the day for people who were in political circles more so than anything else and now it's a title that people are able to kind of dub on themselves and say hey i'm an influencer and I'm like oh okay i guess but for me it's it it always means something different you know i can show people that you know along your line or along your journey of becoming whoever you are at the end of the day there are ups there's downs there's good days there's bad days and i like to post a lot of bad things you know hey this is what's going on, or I don't like the way how this is going, but really to post those to show people, hey, no matter who you are, you have bad days, you have trials, you have tribulations, but don't think that you're the only person who's having a bad day in comparison to everybody who's always posting amazing and great stuff on their Instagram. Hey, look at me, look at me, I'm wonderful. That's not really, that's not life. That's not how life really works. All right, Maurice, to, to lighten it up a little bit, you, you hit a ball from Canada to the United States over Niagara Falls. And I was kind of thinking the other day, you know, this, this has to earn you some sort of nickname. So I'm just going to pitch one. Feel free to turn it down. If you don't like it, just, just say it. But, but uh, how do you feel about the bridge? The bridge. Huh. I take the bridge to a deeper meaning, but I like the bridge. The bridge can work. <laughs> we can the start is, there. Well, the bridge isn't bad. The bridge is not bad. That's 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 probably one of the better nicknames I've heard. All right. Not bad. All right. Not, well, I, I I will give that one on a scale of one to ten. That's a strong seven point five. Okay. I, hey, that's solid. That's solid. That's, that's better than I thought start. Nick would do with that. I know <laughs> this this could have gone wrong in so many ways. Um, oh. <laughs> do, uh, have you gotten any reaction from other guys in the long drive circuit? Have, has people reached out and, and kind of get, shared their thoughts with you? Um, yeah, there was a guy, Kevin Blakehorn, who said some stuff during the first and second episode. And then on, you know, he was saying how just from the physics standpoint, he didn't, he said it would be actually a few guys did, but they were talking about how hard it was and i thought that that was cool just from the standpoint of other long drivers if they were in my shoes they would have been nervous as well they would have been concerned about how hard that would be um but then kevin also turned around and said well if there's a guy on the tour who can do it it would be me because of the height that i hit the ball and how far i carry the ball um during one of the comments that was made that you all were talking about earlier about the quote-unquote haters saying that there's no way I could hit a ball 393 yards in the air, all carry. It's never happened before. That's longer than any carry I've ever had at sea level or, or anything like that. It's funny. When you look at world championships, I hit 393, 392, 393 in a grid that had three inches of water in it. So I'm trying to figure out what were they looking at to say that I can't hit a ball that far. Um, and if you look at one of the comments on my – instagram with it one of my friends laughed he said you like that 393 number i was like kind of do a little bit that seems to be a, a token number for me um which was which was cool um but one of the things that kevin blakehorn was saying you have to hit the ball really high and i'm probably one of the few long drivers who can hit the ball 200 feet in the air and hit it where it has not really any spin and can kind of get a knuckleball effect. Uh, and that's one of the things I talked about in the second episode was hitting a knuckle push. Just mm -hmm. a ball that literally goes 
on a launch that's really dumb. Uh, I mean, I've launched the ball as high as 17, 18 degree launch with 200 and oh, the other part of me not hitting a ball over 200 and 200 miles an hour clearly have hit the ball well over 215 here recently. Um, so you, you get some weird stuff when you get that kind of launch and, you know, a spin under 1300. You can get some interesting combinations. All right, Maurice, uh, we will let you go. But before we do, I uh, just want to throw some rapid fire questions at you if you're ready. I'm always ready. All right. First one. Do you prefer to putt with the flag stick in or flag stick out? Definitely out. Okay. Now, I don't know if you put either of these in your body because you're in tremendous shape, but Chipotle or in and out Um, I would say really neither, but if I had to take a choice, it would be Chipotle because in and out doesn't exist in the Southeast. Oh, there you go. Okay. Would you rather make an ace or shoot your career low round out on the course? Hmm. Okay, I'll give you the answer to that. The ace would only be important if there was a car on the hole or if you're <laughs> playing in something where you could win some money. Uh, and then the career round, uh, that would only be important if it was in a tournament as well. <laughs> Man's got stipulations. I love that answer. Yeah. Golf's fun. So I just, it's supposed to be about fun when you're in a tournament has a whole nother meaning but it's actually a recreational sport every time i three putt i tell myself golf's fun golf's fun every <laughs> single time yeah i mean think about it bro it's recreational i don't understand why people break clubs and throw i know clubs and i'm like you're supposed to be having fun why are you doing this you're paying to do it you chose to be out there make the best of it and, and most importantly thank god that you're not having to do it for a living see how that works out <laughs> seriously <laughs> It's so easy when you look at it that way. See, there you go. That's that's golf psychology one on one. We're going to charge people for coming on to the podcast and <laughs> then we're going to help people's lives become different. And then we won't have so many haters out there. We'll just have people who suck at golf. They enjoy sucking at golf. Their friends suck at golf and they'll all be able to laugh at each other about it. See how that well, works. Whether or not you suck at golf, check out Maurice in the World Long Drive Championships. When does it kick off? It's at the end of August, right? That is the end of August all the way up until I think it's the 4th and 5th of September. We'll be in Thackerville, Oklahoma. Um, it's going to be an interesting one every single year. This thing continues to get harder as obviously the more that it becomes popular, more people are entering, uh, the competition becomes stiffer. And every year when you say that you are the world champ, at least from last from 2017 on, you are legitimately hitting in the stiffest competition ever. Every year it just continues to get harder. So this year will be harder than last year. And I assume next year will be harder. So whoever is crowned the world champion in 2019 will definitely say they have had the hardest competition ever to date in the world long drive. Maurice Allen, he hit it over Niagara Falls. We'll tweet out the video in case you haven't seen it. Maurice, thanks so much for taking time. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. I definitely want to tell people, follow me on Maurice Allen 360 on all social media platforms. Big shout out to Avis. Big shout out to Scratch for putting this together, making this happen. This was a wonderful experience. Thank you to the Niagara Parks for allowing me to come over and do what I did. It was a lot of fun. Definitely check out the video. Go on YouTube and check out the full-length videos 
of each of the three episodes. It'll give you a little more perspective compared to the one minute videos that you see on Instagram. Hey, thank, thanks, Maurice, for, for doing this. Congrats on the awesome accomplishment and best of luck in the uh, World Long Drive coming up. All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Take care. All right, Nick, I want to hit this real briefly because um, I didn't watch much of the tournament. I just caught it in the clubhouse when I was making the turn and afterward uh, last week as we're recording this on a Saturday. Brooks Kepka wins a non-major. Everyone is so excited. The monkey finally off his back. He wins the FedEx St. Jude Classic. I mean, can we just start there? How dumb it is that Brooks Kepka has to go out and win uh, a tournament in Memphis. That I mean, it's a WGC event. They've upped it in stature, so... That's cool. It was his first WGC. Yeah, it's a WGC. It's a big. It's a big time tournament. It is a big time tournament, but it's not a PGA. It's not a U.S. Open. Brooks wins. He's the number one player in the world. Nick, you did not watch this tournament. However, I want to ask you: when you saw that Brooks trounced Rory in the final group of this event, you must have been so mad, right? Uh, okay. First of all, let's back it up a little bit. If you listened to the last episode, I did say I would root for Patrick Reed over Brooks Kepka. I also said, I think Brooks is good for golf. I have no problem with what he's doing. I hope he keeps doing what he's doing. I, keep, I hope he keeps speaking his mind. I hope he keeps playing great golf. I don't know. And you know what? I'm, I'm coming around a little bit on, on Brooks. I just have yet to turn on the TV and see him in the top five of the leaderboard and, and, and just glue myself to my couch and pull as hard as I can for Brooks Kepka. That has not happened yet. You don't want to grab a white claw with Brooks and uh, play nine holes. I'm sure he's a good hang. I didn't say, I, I'd love to. I'd love to play a scramble with him. Brooks, if you're <laughs> listening, I apologize for my podcast partner. I don't know what the deal is here. Brooks Kepka, number one player hey, in the world. I, I don't think anybody would argue with the fact, with my opinion, that Brooks Kepka takes some warming up to. That's all that I'm saying. It's just Does taking he? me a little bit of time to warm up to him. <sighs> okay. That's fine. Um, so Brooks wins, number one player in the world. We have some FedEx Cup playoffs going up. We don't care about that. Let's talk about real golfer stuff. So I'll put out a poll, Nick. I'm not going to say how many people voted because I know that upsets you. But the I question got a is... got pretty good turnout on this one. But better than the last, almost a, what, 33% increase in, in, in turnout. So thank you so much. Yeah. Basically, the question is simple. When putting, how do you like your flagstick? In, out, or whatever is faster. Out takes the cake, 50%. Whatever's faster, 28%. And if math is escaping you, that's 22% for in. Nick, I'll uh, ask you your opinion, but first I want to share an anecdote. Uh, I was playing golf today, and on the first green, uh, Chuck, the older guy we were playing with, basically asked us this question. And I was like, ah, eh, you know, I prefer it out, but I don't really care. Well, what a mistake that was, because the rest of the round, got to take the flagstick out for Joe, got to take the flagstick out for Joe, and it's like, Come on, man. I'm three-putting every green. Let's just leave that baby in and let's just move it along a little bit. So I think that – because I remember you mentioning that when this topic came up at first. You were concerned about it taking longer. And I don't think it necessarily took longer. It just gives the illusion of slowing things down because I think generally speaking, going with the majority is the way to go here. Yeah, I think I will do – I will go with the flow 100% on this. And I played recently with a couple people and they were – you know, we were just kind of playing quick and first green. I'm like, you know, but everyone's putting from like 25, 30 feet. Hey, you want me to pull it? Nah, you can leave it. Nah, you can leave it. I'm like, okay, long putts, whatever, no big deal. Next green, you know, putts from 
8, 10, 12 feet. And I'll leave it. And I'll leave it. So I figured out after three holes, we're just, we're just leaving it the whole time. We're leaving it. And had absolutely no problem with that. When I play by myself, I pull it. For, for the most part, I probably pull it 90% of the time. But um, I, I'm, I'm just going with the flow. Whatever, whatever the group is doing, you know, whatever's clever, man. In or out, doesn't matter. I'm going to hit my putt. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's right. I will say on, like, short putts, it probably bugs me more than long putts. Like, if I have a six-footer, I kind of don't want that thing in. More of a mental thing just because I'm not used to it. I've not putted six-footers with the flag in in my life. So I think it's just going to take a little bit to get used to. Yeah, for sure. I think it's. I still think it's a good rule change. Um, I saw you tweet something earlier this week about needing to shoot a really good score. Otherwise, you're going to... Uh, fashion a coffee table yeah. for your bride so what happened here yeah well i must say this was inspired a little bit by you because you mentioned you you kind of had a, a little bet going on the side about shooting a score and i was like all right and i i've been really and also should preface i wasn't trying to shoot a really good score i was really just trying to break 90 so uh let's not get crazy but my, my wife and i have uh we got our house and we just furnished it with like the cheapest furniture we could and our coffee table like you set a beer down on it and the whole thing like shakes. So we've been needing a new coffee table for a long time. And we, we haven't been able to pick one out. And I wanted to just get a nice one. But she said it was too expensive. She wants me to build one. Don't feel like getting the tools out. And then I said, all right, Ash, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go shoot 86 tomorrow. She's like, all right, what do you want to bet? And I was like, well, we came to the conclusion that if I was unable to break 90, I would build the coffee table. And if I, if I could squeak out around in the 80s, I could buy whatever coffee table I wanted. And um, things didn't quite go my way. The, the woods were a little too close to the fairway. And uh, the, the score ran up a little bit. And I will be building a coffee table. Well, let me just ask this. What hole did you lose hope? Did you have hope at any point in the back Well, nine? which time? The first time or, or the last time? Oh, you have multiple cracks at it. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you the complete blow by blow, but uh, since you asked, I started bogey or not? I started double quad double. So I was eight over through three. But Joe, I got oh, it back no. to I got it to ten over through nine. Oh, so, nice. So I was like, all right, I'm right in this thing. And obviously, the last six, I was kind of on a streak right there. I was like, a few more pars in the back nine, we got this thing in the bag. Tenth hole, made a triple, and then. Um, like the next four holes, I missed like six foot par putts on, on each of them. And it just, I think, I think going into teeing off on the, on the 17th was the first time I, I no longer had any kind of chance. I think on the 16th, if I like got like two pars and a birdie, which was one of them's a par five, wasn't completely out of the question. I would have uh, maybe had a chance, but uh, yeah, it was not meant to be. I got to say, man, that just, that just makes me think of something. Like I would, I would much rather just like, crush a tee shot out of bounds on one hole and make like a six or a seven, like a double or a triple and just get that out of the way instead of like the slow pain of continually missing makeable par putts, like missing six foot par putts all day long is just the slowest death a golfer can die. It's brutal. I know. And I kept putting myself in like, okay position, but it's like, I should have hit this chip a little bit better. You know, I could, I could easily be three feet closer and tap this in, but grinding out these par putts and then they were all like close but you know I, there's no reason i shouldn't have made three of them it was just it was just it was painful you're right but i mean hitting it into the woods in the second hole after stubbing my chip on the first hole was was about as low as it gets 
death by a thousand paper cuts, man. That's brutal. Seriously. But uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll post some photos if I ever hammer this coffee table together. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. Are you building it like from scratch or is it yeah, Ikea? I'm going, or, like... No, I'm going to go to Home Depot, buy some lumber and uh, put it together. No shit, really. I, I, I do a little bit of woodwork. About once a year, I'll build a, a decent piece. Yeah. What was the last thing you built? I built a bench, a farmhouse bench that's like uh, eight feet long that we have on our dining room table. Mm, I'm not trying to grill you, but what, what is the difference between a bench and a farmhouse bench? I, uh, I, it's I, kind I of a layout. No, it's like planks. And then uh, on the end, there's planks that are perpendicular to the, the planks that you sit on. It's just kind of farmhouse style bench seat for our, for our table. I'm impressed. Maybe, I'll, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is impressive. It's quite impressive. Uh, your boy, your boy's cheating in Europe, Nick. I didn't see this, but uh, old X is up to no good. What's what's, what's happening? This, this is kind of old news, but I was going to put a little bit of a new spin on it. So, Joe, prior to the British Open, the RNA tested drivers to, I don't know the specs, but basically to see how legal they are. His barely, fa- like I, whatever the scale is, his failed by one. So he was right on the cusp because... Basically, of how with the trampoline effect. From my understanding, they're measuring the trampoline effect. His failed by one trampoline, if that's the unit of measurement that they use, or like, or like a thousandth of a trampoline. Whatever it was, it was like a tiny measure. Now wait and, a minute. Let's just. I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to interrupt for those that aren't like deep in the golf nerdy weeds. Basically, what Nick is saying is how much the ball compresses off the face of the club, and how much the face of the club basically uh, inertia goes out. And there's like, you know, when, when you hit a good tee shot, you kind of feel a bounce off of the club. That's what Nick's referring to, how much the club actually bounces. Right. So, yeah, we're not we're not gearheads here, but we're just going to put this in, in, in poor man's terms. So anyways, his driver failed and and that's fine. He had no no problem with that. They randomly tested 30 people in the field. Um, his name got leaked, however, for failing the test. And I think what really made him upset was people started calling him a cheater. I think just jokingly other pros were like on the range, oh, hey, I heard you're cheating, whatever, which really upset him at the RNA that they somehow leaked his name. Xander said that there were a few other, he, he named TaylorMade and PXG that he, to his knowledge, knew also failed the test, but those were not confirmed or not released, whatever. But I don't think anyone's really blaming Xander. I mean, I think we, we know that these manufacturers are towing the line but my my first thought was i wonder what the once it kind of became apparent that the general public was forgiving xander and nobody's really putting blame on him or callaway and it's just kind of no big deal nobody really has a problem with it what would the perception be if that were somebody else in his shoes one patrick reed uh well It'd be worse because there's a history of him being a cheater and not a good dude and basically just someone I don't want to root for. Um, and there's just a long line. When you have, okay, another example, not just Patrick Reed, Vijay Singh. Vijay Singh was kicked off of the Asian tour for cheating in the early 90s, maybe the 80s. So even though he's probably never had a misstep since then because now he's super careful, obviously, he doesn't want dear, that to happen again. Your antler spray. Yeah. That oh. whole lawsuit with the PGA Tour. <sighs> That's a good call, Nick. So, I think when you have uh, a history of malfeasance, perhaps you're going to be looked upon more negatively as opposed to Xander, who is young, squeaky clean, American, cool name, and Patrick <laughs> Reed. Patrick Reed's only one of those things. So it is, I think, I just think that Xander is fine, right? Like, 
the the good natured ribbing on the range from other pros. Sure, it's getting to him, but ultimately this will blow over. Bad form by the RNA or whomever from the RNA let this leak though, because that is frustrating because someone could hear that story and just not get the facts and just read the headline and say, oh, wow, Xander cheated, you know? Exactly. And that's exactly his concern, which is what made me think, because, you know, I read a few articles and, and everybody seems to be like, guys, this is no big deal. But I just, it just made me think instantly, you know, how Patrick would feel. I don't think he would get the sympathy whatsoever. Everyone would just say, there you go. There he goes again. And you're right. I mean, to some degree, that is that is not fair because you got to take each thing as it comes. He's just an easy target in a lot of ways. So I, I can see where people would would glom onto that. For sure. Um, he, bring, he brings it on himself. I'm as much as I'm warming up to Brooks, I'm cooling off on, on P. Reed. Oh, well, there you go. You got Nick's uh, hot and cold scale for the day. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything else? I don't I don't really have anything else, Nick. It's getting well, this, hot in this, this back this room. Lexi Thompson thing. Did you want to touch on that? Eh, basically, I mean, the crux of it is, no. <laughs> I mean, not really. Look, like the British Open happened. The uh, the crux of it is she left her passport in her travel bag. Um, and so there was potential for like 40 other golfers who were competing in the British Open to not be able to fly overseas. It uh, her, her her caddy saved the day. It was ultimately a non-troversy. So nothing really <laughs> happened. The first time I've ever heard that word. Thank you. Wow. That's a that's a Joe Simon's original right there. I was pretty proud of it. I told Lacey all about it, and she's like, "Okay, cool." Wow did you did you create it for for this situation, or what was this, what was the controversy that inspired that word? I, I'm sure it was some dumb NBA thing that I was <laughs> like, you know what this is a controversy, <laughs> <laughs> and I expected her head to explode, and she just kind of sat there and looked at me. Man, she's cool as a cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, when, when should we come back for? You know what I was thinking, Nick. We got the Ty- Solheim. Tiger's playing the playoffs, you know. He's playing in the playoffs. We got that coming up. We we're way overdue on our LPGA talk. I say we uh we 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 do a little deep dive into the Solheim Cup. It's coming up in like six weeks. We can get ourselves acquainted with it. You know, really really dive in and uh, explore that. What do you say? Let's do it. I okay. Love it. So Tiger Solheim Cup. FedEx. Forget Cup. about football. No one cares. FedEx Cup. Well, speaking of no one cares, that's fine. Uh, everybody. <laughs> President's thank- Cup. President's okay. I mean, again, I there's just, so many. There's too many cups. There's, there's too many. There's cups. too many cups. None of them are the writer. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to. I'm, I'm willing to check out the Solheim Cup. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm, I'm thirsty. I need another White Claw. It's, it's way too hot in this house. Um, what do you got going on today, Nick? Um, I don't know. The, the last thing I just got to say is I, I came on the record a couple weeks ago and said I, I might have Augusta tickets. Just, I cleared it up. I went through my junk mail. It was in my spam. I don't know why something from Augusta would ever go to my spam, but it did. I will not be at the 2020 Masters, Joe, but there is always 2021, and I think that's the last thing I got. Very good. You got you to gotta work on your Gmail, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to harp on it until, until you bad. get it under control. It's bad. Is, is, it, is your wife's like that, or, or does she oh, have Hers is in the thousands. Like- no, hers is in the thousands. Uh, we'll see. You're just you're just feeding. I'm off the of model each other. citizen in our in our household. <laughs> uh, remember to like and subscribe. Give us five stars, even if we're not deserving of it. On uh, did they even call? It? There's not even iTunes anymore. It's, I'm 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 an Android boy, but isn't it uh, Apple Podcasts? Uh, yeah, I mean, pod, podcasts is, a, is an app through Apple. Yeah, wherever you listen to your podcast, check us out, rate us, review us. If you like that Maurice Allen interview, share it with one of your friends. All the good stuff. 
All right. Bye, everybody. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.